Hey everyone, my name is Josh. I'm here with Pastor Dave and we're going to be starting our new midweek Q&A that we're going to be really kicking off during this deconstruction series, uh, but that we're going to be hopefully continuing after this series is over. So basically what's going to happen is for the next 10, 15, 20, 30, however long we're talking about these things, we're going to be uh, asking Dave some questions that maybe you guys asked or that I came up with or talk to some of you guys and you were like, Hey, I would love to know more about this. And we're going to be breaking these down. We're going to be hearing directly from pastor Dave and your guys are just going to be able to watch us talk about these things and get a deeper understanding of what we've talked about this past Sunday. Maybe even get a little bit of a teaser of what's coming up this Sunday. But before we get into any of that, Dave, how are you today? You know, I'm doing great. Thanks, Josh. Oh, How about great. yourself? Oh, I'm doing really good. Good. Too. Doing really good. Doing really good. So anyways, all these questions are going to be put up on the TV. You know, I got my trusty iPad and hopefully it's going to work today if you watched the one this past Sunday. Have you been working on touching the I, I have been. Okay, uh, Steve excellent. gave me a lesson to not be using my <laughs> thumbs and to use my finger. So maybe it will be a little bit better than it was this Cannot past Sunday. Cannot be worse. So but, so, but we are live. So who knows what's going to happen <laughs> with this iPad. So anyways. Let's hop right into it. <clears throat> this deconstruction series, mm-hmm. obviously, we have these books. Yep. These books are, uh, let's see how many pages. I, I don't know, like 125 pages. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of material and a lot of content that's yeah. been put into this. Yeah. This past Sunday, you said you've worked on this series for about four months, probably yeah. a little bit more than that. I mean, I know that after we finished deconstruction last year, it was already in the plans to do part two. Mm-hmm. So this has been a major thought. So what has gone into putting the series together? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and a lot. Um, because it's probably been about a year and a half to two years in the making altogether mm. when um, we felt the impression that we need to address the deconstruction phenomenon head on. Yeah. And we wanted to make sure that we laid things out in a way that we had a more comprehensive understanding of it. Hence, deconstruction one, the landscape environment which is happening. Can you trust the Bible? Because it all comes down to what the scriptures actually teach, right? So is it it rational to believe that? Uh, And now culminating, I suppose, in a sense, in talking about the particular teachings that people find themselves struggling with and wanting to walk away from. When it comes to this particular series, um, in all of my reading over the last couple of years, it became pretty clear what the top issues were but then about five months ago or so i um i stopped teaching regularly here at church basically just to immerse myself in these topics yeah and i would say that i've read 35 to 40 books i've um spent oh my goodness hundreds of hours at least um, watching videos, listening to podcasts. I have, I have read hundreds and hundreds of articles mm. on all of the various topics. And um, I would say that what, what I've been able to do is I've become conversant with the issues yeah. that people have. I've been conversant with the positions people take and why. I don't claim to be an expert in any of that. But I become conversant enough and aware enough that it helped guide my study of Scripture, mm. which is where I, I, I do try to know more about what the Scriptures yeah. teach, right? To be able to address the questions and issues that people have in our day. So it's been an intensive process. Uh, it's been at times a really difficult process. 
yeah. I mean, there are times that I'm reading stuff that breaks my heart. There's other times I've been reading stuff or listening stuff, and I, 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 I just feel this anger rise up in me because of the damage that's being done to people. So all the gamuts of emotions, a whole ton of work, and then trying to distill it down into, into bite-sized chunks that can at least give us like a foothold. Yeah. Like, are there, is there something or a couple things that I can at least know for sure about some of these controversial issues that I know I can stand here, and if I do, I'm, I'm honoring God in, in my yeah, position. For sure. Well, I think to keep just going off of that, I mean, if you've spent, read 30 to 45 books, uh, hundreds of hours into reading, mm-hmm. watching videos, finding resources for the book, writing questions, and being fully immersed into that. There, uh, there has to be some things that you've learned that you didn't <laughs> know originally yeah, yeah. about all of the research about that you've all done. Of it. I, I don't even know a word to encapsulate all of it. So I'm just going to ask yeah. a question on the screen. What are some See, of your biggest good, learnings? No, that's a good question, Josh. Um, and it, here are probably the biggest um, eye openers for me, maybe is, is the best way to put it. Um, one would be that um, people who like might take a Christian people who might take a different position than what I think don't do so, at least often. They don't do so because they're disregarding the Bible but it comes down to a matter of how you interpret the Bible. Mm. So one of the things that I've become aware of is that there are Christian people with whom I might have a disagreement, even a significant disagreement on some of these positions, but I'm able to look at them and go, at least you're wrestling with the Bible. In those particular instances, the, the focus of the conversation changes from what, to, what does the Bible say to how do you discern what the Bible is actually saying. Mm. And so that's been one kind of eye-opener for me that's, that's been really good. Um, a second one has been that just the notion that you make a, a, a truth proposition is offensive to some people mm. because it is so deeply entrenched in our culture that there is no such thing as an absolute truth. Right, it's a truly post-modern notion, and we're actually going to talk about that a little bit. I think in a couple of weeks, to believe that um, there's nothing that is absolutely universally true, and the mere moment that you make any sort of universal truth claim, there are going to people that are going to be offended. There are people who have come to believe, for reasons that we will at least begin to address as the weeks come, that any time you make a a, a kind of a universal truth claim, you are, a, you are being oppressive in that very act. Yeah. And since oppression is bad, you must be rejected because you're saying there is something that is simply universally true and binding. Um, and that changes the way, it, it doesn't change what reality is, but it changes the way, I think, the way you need to communicate things because if you know that's there, you can at least couch terms in a way that people don't shut you down immediately. And I also find it interesting that even amongst those that feel that any universal truth claim is inherently oppressive, they themselves make universal truth claims. Yeah. The very proposition 
refutes itself if you think about it. But you've got to think about it, and um, and hopefully in this series we'll learn how to think rationally, coherently, and biblical. And if we can do that, it's been a great series, no matter what else comes from it. Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that you're asking us to do um, in this series is to kind of take a step back. We've all grown up maybe in different denominations of churches with different teachings and, and all this kind of stuff, but to take a step back and to really analyze what is the Bible truly saying Mm -hmm. about whatever the specific topic for the day is. So for you, you've been in ministry for longer than I've been alive. Uh, yes, that's true. <laughs> you, and and you, you went to Bob Jones University, I so, which has different theological stand or viewpoints than necessarily what we might believe here as a church. So sure. throughout your time of being a follower of Christ, what have you gone, man, I was believing this, but the Bible actually mm. says this because you're asking us to do it. So where in your life? Yeah, have you that's a good question. That? And um, and I get the dynamic because I've been through it. Mm. Um, there's a couple of things. I remember the very first one. I was actually a graduate student at the time, and while I was going to school, um, I was also managing a sporting goods store, and I had a really really good friend. His name was Jim, and um, we had done ministry things together. We'd gone to school together. Um, and he and his wife and me and my wife became really good friends. We did, we bowled, we snow ski, we did a bunch of stuff together. I walked into a coffee shop one morning, Dunkin' Donuts actually, ready to grab some coffee on my way to work. And Jim was there and, you know, I just, you know, I, I said, hello, you know, and I could just tell something was way up. Something was wrong. Yeah. So I, I said, Jim, are you okay? What's going on? And, and he let me know that um, his wife left him oh, wow! and that she was seeking a divorce. And then he told me the story and about how they'd gone to counseling. And his wife actually made the statement, if I wanted a Christian husband, Jim would be perfect, but I don't. So I'm out. Mm. And obviously he was devastated. Yeah. But it was particularly devastating because our belief our belief, Jim and mine both, because it's what we've been told growing up, was that if you were divorced, you could not be allowed in any type of Christian ministry. You were disqualified because the Bible says you got to be a husband of one wife. If you were divorced, broke that, never be qualified. And I, I remember thinking about that when he told me this story and something in the back of my head said, before you affirm that, maybe you should make sure it's true. Because here's a flesh and blood human being who I love, who I'd done life with, whose entire planned future was wrecked. And I need to make sure this is what God said. So I went through kind of an independent process of getting different views on this issue. And I changed my position on it. And the reason I changed my position is because what I'd been told the Bible meant is not what I now come to believe the Bible actually says. Um, And so that was the first time that a circumstance caused me to rethink. Mm -hmm. I rethought under the authority of Scripture, right? I I was committed then like I am now to the, the Bible is true, right? And so under the authority of the Bible, what does it say? I re-examined it. I had to come to the conclusion I was wrong. I needed to change what my position was on that. The, the second one that immediately comes to mind 
is I was very early in my ministry. I mean, I was like a year in maybe. And um, I was finally doing what I thought God wanted me to do. I was pastoring a church. And I was a dismal failure. I mean, I hated going to church on Sunday. It was so bad, right? right? And I've got 50, 60 people that I'm pastoring in this small rural church. And um, and I'm, I'm frustrated. I don't know what to do. And I remember going up on the ridges behind my house. We lived in a unglaciated area of southwestern Wisconsin. Beautiful. And I would walk the ridges and I would pray and cry out to God for help and direction. And, and then I'd come back and preach four times a week, right? Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday yeah. night, Wednesday night. Um, n- nothing was happening. It was dead. It was horrible. And uh, I remember sitting in my office in this frustration, you know, maybe, it, maybe I'm not cut out to do this. And I'm, and I'm reading through one of the gospels. I don't remember exactly where. And it was an encounter between Jesus and the Pharisees. Mm. And I remember reading that paragraph of scripture and then stopping. And here's the thought that came into my mind. The Pharisees were right. Followed immediately by the Pharisees can't be right. Yeah. They're the bad guys. Right. Followed immediately by a question that I asked myself that changed my life. And the question was, could I be a Pharisee? Mm. And in that moment, some, a possibility opened up that I never would have thought of. That as I began to think it through and read the scripture f- with entertaining the thought that I might be legalistic in my outlook, that I began to see things I, that I never saw for all the times I've read them. And I ended up leaving that version of Christianity, that distortion, I would call it, of Christianity um, in favor of, of what I believe to be what Jesus and the apostles clearly taught, which was grace and mercy. And yes, God is a holy God. Yes, there is such a things of judgment, but but showing grace and respect for all human beings, giving people time and space to grow, uh, not being so militant in your attitude, all of that changed. I mean, within the space of a couple of years, it's like one domino fell and then one after another after yeah. another and totally reordered my ministry because scripture demanded it. Yeah. Those would be the two examples that come to mind. No, those are, those are fantastic examples. And it makes me think like one of the things that you were talking about and, and really this whole question is stemmed off of there's all these different denominations that might have a different interpretation of what the yeah. Bible is saying. Some might lean more legalist, some might lean more progressive. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's all these different yep. ones. How can we as, as Christians know and discern a correct interpretation oh, of scripture? Question. Yeah, that's a great question, Josh. It, it probably begins by making sure, begins in a couple areas as I think about it. One, making sure that you're actually a follower of Jesus, not a follower of a person, a church, or a denomination. Mm, That's really good. That this is about, if Christianity is anything, it's allegiance to a person whose name is Jesus, in whom we've placed all of our hope. Yeah. For this life and the next life in Jesus. And that as much as we might love our church, as we, much as we might love a pastor or a speaker or an author, as much as we might even love a denomination, mm-hmm. our loyalty is not first to them. Our loyalty needs to be to Jesus. So yeah. that. 
And then second, don't farm your thinking out to anyone. Um, isn't it interesting um, that um, the, the church that was started in the Greek town of Berea, those Christians were commended because they didn't just accept what Paul said at face value, but they listened carefully enough to understand and then went back to the Bible to make sure that what he was saying was true. Right. And so they weren't going to farm their thinking out even to an apostle. And if you're not going to farm it out to an apostle, then maybe we shouldn't farm it out to anybody and we want to listen with an open heart and mind. We're discerning even while we're listening. But rather than just accept or reject, go back to the Bible and make sure that's yeah. what it is. And I, I understand the challenge of this. I honestly do. Um, I am privileged in that there's a group of people that are willing to pull their resources to support me personally so I can devote my life to right. studying the scripture and leading people. So I have a huge advantage that most people yeah. don't have. But I believe everyone, everyone who's a follower of Jesus, for sure, needs to be spending the time in learning the basics on how you interpret the Bible. Mm. And it comes down to such simple things, um, simple to know, but it can be tough to wrestle with, with how you do that. But knowing that um, context means everything. Mm. And so... The context would be like, okay, um, what kind of literature is it? Yeah. Is it poetry? Is it historical narrative? Is it didactic teaching like letters Paul wrote to churches? Um, what, what kind of, because that will impact how I'm going to interpret it. Yeah. Um, uh, it will be things like, um, what's the situation into which these words were spoken? Mm. Because everything in the Bible was, has a, has a, a circumstantial component to it. Yeah. It was written to certain people in a certain time, in a certain situation. And by understanding that, you, you can understand what these words meant to the original audience. And that's critical to knowing what they mean to us. Yeah. And there are tools that are available. Oh, with the internet, there are so many good tools that are available. I suggest uh, Bible Gateway and Bible Hub, especially Amazing. Bible Hub, fantastic yes. website where you can get commentaries, background information to help you understand that. And just take some time, take a passage or two and go, I'm going to wrestle this one down. And if it takes you a month, yeah. so what? Right. Because you're learning the process of interpreting the Bible. Um, so context matters greatly. Mm. Um, then also, like, words matter. Yeah. So, like, the Bible was not written in English. Yep. We have wonderful and very trustworthy English translations yeah. of the Bible. We recommend the New Anna International Version um, because it balances readability with accuracy. That's the uh, NIV, by the way. Uh, yeah, NIV. NIV. <laughs> yeah, thank you That's for NIV. saying that. Um, but ones like the New Living Translation and LT, LT yeah. very readable, maybe a little looser, but yeah. really good in the translation. English Standard Version, really good. Yeah. We, we've got really good English translations, but they're translations. Yeah. And anyone that has ever learned a second language knows that one language doesn't necessarily hold the same things as, as other languages sure. do. But again, on something like Bible Hub, you can actually look 
click on an English word, click on a number, there's the Greek or Hebrew word, yep. transliterated, and then it tells you what that word meant in, in different contexts. Yeah. Everybody has access to it. So, I mean, context is huge. Mm. Content, the actual words that are being spoken. Um, um, and then just to know that, look, the Bible never contradicts itself. Yeah. So if there's something that's tough to understand, what are the easier passages to understand? How can that guide me in my interpretation right there? Yeah. And to also know that some things aren't clear enough to be definitive about. Right. And that's okay. That's why people can differ and it's okay to differ. Mm. Um, so basics in learning how to do it. There are times I share a little bit of my process when I'm teaching. Mm. Like, you know, this word in the original means that I might say something about it. I don't do that to impress people. I, I don't want that to impress people. Right. But what I want to do is I want to keep sowing seeds to people that it helps in our understanding yeah. to consult things like this and anybody can do it. Mm, so sure. I just challenge people, dive in and start. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And one thing I do want to add is, yes, there are parts of the Bible that were written to a certain group of people at a certain time with a certain context, but that doesn't mean that that scripture still can't apply to us in some way, shape, or form oh, today. Oh, John, you are spot on. In fact, not only does it not mean it doesn't, it always does. Mm. There, there are principles that we can draw from it to help give us guidance in life. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and the whole Old Testament, right? Before Jesus, right? All pointing to Jesus yeah. is like, and all of the law, well, we're not under the law. Right. But Paul said in the book, of, to a letter he wrote to the church at Corinth, right? <clears throat> he said, these things were written for our learning mm -hmm. and our admonition, our warning, our encouragement. Yeah. So we can learn lessons from that that will help us in the future, even though the specific command doesn't apply to us anymore mm -hmm. today. Yeah. Let's say that uh, I could imagine there's probably people that are watching right now that are feeling this, this inspiration from what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like, I really want to get into the word and I want to start learning for what it has to say. Not maybe what I was taught when I was in a Sunday school yeah. or a kids ministry or a youth program. I want to know what it really says to make sure that I have the proper interpretation of mm -hmm. scripture. Where in the Bible is a good place for people to start? Another great question. Um, and I would suggest going about it one of two ways. Um, first, I would start with one of the accounts of Jesus' life, hmm. right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Yeah. There are four stories about the life and, t life and times of Jesus the Messiah, right? Written from four different perspectives, which is why some of their information overlaps. Some is unique to them because they're all weaving different parts of the story in, right? Um, because Jesus is the one that we follow. Mm. Yep. <laughs> and the most relevant information we're going to get is, what did Jesus do? What did Jesus say? Yeah. Right? So I would say start there. Um, or I would say pick a topic. Mm. Because what you can do is there's a, a resource that you can use. Um, it's called a concordance. And you can like go, go to Bible Hub, Bible Gateway, either one, and just search for a word, right? Uh, love. And it'll give you every time in the Bible that the word love is used. Mm. 
And you can pick a topic and then begin to look at all the different times that topic comes up. And that lets you put things together. You can work on, there might be more than word, one word that's translated love. Right. Because there is, right? And they all have different shades of meaning. Again, you can learn what those different words are, which ones are used in which verses, Mm. and it can begin to just deepen your understanding and appreciation for the depth as well as breadth of what's in the Bible. So I'd say start with one of the accounts of the life of Jesus or start with a topic that interests you and just dive in and learn how to learn. It's a good thing. And I know for me, whenever I'm doing that, the the piggyback off of that with the versions of the Bible, mm. I usually, I have really my good. NLT Bible. That's good. And then I have my ESV Bible. And then usually on my phone, I'll bounce between NIV or, hey, what did King, what did the King James version yep. say about this? Just Absolutely. to try to get more of the, what did each one say wording wise per when they were translated? Yep. So absolutely. there's, like Dave said, you can go take those two avenues. They're absolutely amazing. And so. just a word, because I... <laughs> We never talked about this when we talked about the Bible, which is like a lot of stuff got left on the table. But to understand that no translation of the Bible is inspired in its translation, Mm. right? The inspiration refers to the original manuscripts um, written by whomever God was inspiring to write it. We learned that it has been faithfully transmitted so that we, supreme confidence, what we have now accurate copy of what of what was originally written but when that is taken and put in another language there's a, there are judgment calls how should we interpret this word what does this sentence structure actually mean mm-hmm. and you're always always balancing the exact words and syntax of the original with how do we make that make sense in english mm-hmm. So that's why you will have translations or versions yeah. that may differ but they only differ because of how they're trying to communicate what was in the original language. So never let differences in translations Mm. throw you for a loop. That's just the nature of how translations work. That's really good. And you know, sitting here thinking about it, I think that giving people an easier way to access the, how can we trust the Bible series that you did this past March would be great. So Steve, I'm gonna, gonna. I'm looking at you right now, Steve. I would love for you to throw in there just a link on how they can find the first message yeah, for this series, so then they can just keep going after that because there's a lot of really, really good information. Yeah. Um, and whenever you're watching those messages, don't feel like you have to sit there and watch the whole thing in one go. You can easily watch the first few minutes and totally. then break it up because there are a couple messages where you're talking about different parts of That's something right. in one message. That's so exactly it's right. very easy to. Hey, I'm going to pause this. I'm going to focus on the archaeological discoveries that support the Bible um, and just be able to go from there. Totally. Absolutely. Or or pause it right there and go, wait a minute. I'm going to check and see if what he said is actually true. Bingo. And dive into it. Beautiful exercise. Spot on. All right, Dave. Last question before we go. Okay. I know I want it. I know there's probably people that are wanting it. Can you give us a little teaser? What is coming this Sunday? A little teaser. Well, since we handed a book out that have every week in it, that I'm not true. sure how much of a teaser it is. Um, but this coming Sunday, we're going to be talking about um, human sexuality. Mm. And we're going to be answering the question, is Christianity sexually regressive? Um, sex is a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal that the church historically does a really bad job of talking about. Yeah. For the number of times it's mentioned in the Bible, we do a pretty big, bad job of doing it. But also sex is so front and center in our mm. culture. 
everything is sexualized in our culture. And so we're going to attempt to get a more holistic view of human sexuality Mm. and the beauty of it and how our sex life can be the most fulfilling and God honoring at the same time. Mm. And that's probably a weird combination for most people because they're not used to interjecting God in sex. Mm. But when we do, it doesn't make sex weird. It makes sex beautiful, fulfilling, satisfying, and beneficial in the way we live our lives and progress in our relationships. So that's where we're heading. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm really excited for that. I'm excited to hear you talk about it because later that <laughs> night, I'm also that's right. talking You're doing about it, it that's right. at cool. youth group with our 6th or 12th graders. Cool. So I'm really excited that we're able to tie in this whole yeah, series. Yeah, that's awesome, Josh. Love it. Um, I do want to remind you guys that we have these physical books. They're still, if you didn't grab one this Sunday, we'll have some more uh, this upcoming Sunday for you. But if you did, there are devotionals that tie into the message that Dave just did this past yeah. Sunday and throughout this whole series. Uh, they are amazing. I did the first one yesterday and I'm following along. So I highly encourage you to do that. If you're not able to come to our physical location, we do have them online at my. 3c.org, where you can also submit questions where we will talk about on this midweek breakdown Q&A thing where we will answer your specific question. And the coolest thing about these questions is you don't have to tie your name to them. That's right. It is completely anonymous. You just type in your question. All we see is the question. We don't know who asked it, but we want to be able to give you guys answers to your questions. Remember, (laughs) we are not afraid of your questions. We want to be able to give you the best that we can. We're never going to be afraid of them yeah so. and you know what we might have an answer we we, we might go you know that's a good one I, we can't be definitive yeah. one way or the other we're gonna be as i'm not looking to defend as much as i am attempting to go i just want to be honest about what the bible says right. some things aren't as clear as we would like them yeah. to be and we'll be as transparent as we can we also film this earlier in the week yeah so if like Sunday or Monday questions could come in, that would be ideal to make sure that we can hit them yeah, in our follow-up sure. video. That would be great. Yeah. And if they, and if you do, if it's a Thursday or Friday and you think of a question, still, still submit it. it. Because in these Q&As, we might go back a couple yeah, weeks a because point. some of these topics, they overlap. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. going to overlap. So we might bring up a question that we talked about in a previous week to be able to continue. Yeah. So if you have a question at any point, you can submit it at any point. Yeah. We just encourage you, if you want it to be on this midweek one of that week, to ask it on Sunday, Monday, or early Tuesday morning would be the best way to be able to do that. Well, but before we go, Dave, I would love for you to pray for us and for everyone watching yeah. to make sure that we, we stay with an open heart and try to let our walls down whenever we come in yeah. because these hot-button topics, they can sometimes yeah, make sure us can. clam they up sure and get can. defensive. So sure. do you mind praying No, for not a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Father, I, I, I thank you for communicating your heart, your will, your ways to us. Communicated in Jesus, your son, who we believe in and follow. Communicating in your word that you inspired for our learning, our direction, our encouragement. And I'm asking, Father, you would help all of us, beginning with me, to have an open mind, a humbled heart, that we would fairly consider propositions made and wrestle with whether or not they really, really are what you say in your word. 
and give us the grace so that if, if we begin to realize that they indeed are, that we'll just humble ourselves and accept it, no matter what alteration that might call for us to make in our thinking, our speaking, our acting, but may we conform to the life you've called us to live. I pray, Father, that we would also grow in our love for you and for people. That we will always be more people-centered rather than issue-centered. That we'll understand that the greatest need every one of us humans have is reconciliation with you through Jesus. And then staying connected in a way that your life can course through us, grow us, and change us as you use us. Bless everyone who hears these words. May all of your beautiful purposes for their lives be completely fulfilled. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dave. Just a reminder, everyone, our physical location meets at 820, 940, and 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. We live stream our 940 service. That starts a little bit earlier, a little bit before 930 for our pre-show, which is absolutely amazing. It's a great way to stay in touch with everything that's going on here at Connections. And then right after that, we have the post show where we're bringing you on, and we have a couple of other guests this past week. Yeah, we had Layla fun. and it's Lexi. Fun. They were absolutely amazing. If you haven't watched that, I encourage you to go back and watch that. But until Sunday, we miss you guys. We love you guys. Have a great week. Yep.